God is too good, huh? I'm, uh, I'm always in, kind of enthralled by just all that he does, whether it's, you know, little things by letting us know who he is every day or, or you know, some big need that gets met or whatever the case is. God is always in control and he's always glorifying himself. Those are one things that we can always understand and count on. Uh, as you guys are sitting there, if, uh, if, if you, if Aaron and, and Cole, if you guys will pass those out, uh, have a little sheet for you all uh, tonight. And it's not necessarily anything you have to write on, but if you have a pen, you're more than welcome to take notes. Uh, if not, uh, that is for you to have. Um, has a lot of verses on there. We're going to be looking at a lot of different things like that tonight. Uh, but we've been in the series, we're, we're in the ring tonight again, and this is kind of the last night of the series, and we're looking at a kind of a culmination, all these things coming to a head as we've been looking at over the last few weeks. Um, the, the first week we looked at friendships, Chris came out and talked to you guys about friendships, uh, what it means to uh, pursue being the right friend first. We looked at authority uh, week two as Trey came out and talked about authority, authority not only with uh, the, you know, the president and the government, but also with our parents, our coaches, our teachers, that God has placed in our lives for a reason. Uh, we last week, if you were here, Jen and I, um, me and my wife tag teamed uh, in the ring to, uh, to, to br- talk to you guys about guy-girl relationships and what that means, what it looks like, uh, how God is involved with that, uh, how we can become um, biblical men, biblical women, uh, even now in middle school, what that looks like. And tonight, we're bringing it all to a head, and we're talking about our relationship with God. Our relationship with God, and what, what, is, what it all entails, what it means, how does it work. And it's, you know, it's real cliche to think about, talk about um, our relationship with God in a sense of, oh yeah, we know that you know, we have a God, we know that we're supposed to get to know Him, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yet we fall on the train tracks a lot of times, and so, uh, you know, yeah, it's a little cliche, but we're bringing it to a head, and tonight I'm going to kind of present it in a way, and I hope that you're paying attention, because tonight, God may just rock your world. You with me tonight? Because God may just rock your world, and I don't mean just in a way that just, oh yeah, that's, that's good, man, I've never heard it like that before, but I mean in a way that may ultimately bring you to surrender in Christ and what he really wants for your life. What it means to truly know God and really wrap your mind around it. And so tonight we're going to get into it. And I'm really excited. God's given me a piece about it all day. God's uh, kind of been, you know, giving me a sense of what's going to happen tonight. So I'm really, really glad for that. I want to start off. I have a video to show you. It's a funny video. You guys have probably seen this, you know, movie several times. Um, and so it's just a little clip that kind of go along with where we're at tonight. And so if you, if you will, just watch this clip for me real quick. We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're gonna just swim straight. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Sorry? <laughs> Boy, this is taking a while. Hey, how about we play a game? Okay. Uh, okay, I'm thinking of something uh, orange, and it's small. It's me. Great! <laughs> okay, uh, it's like orange and uh, small. It's me. All righty, Mr. Smarty Pants. And as orange and small, 
and white stripes. Me. And the next one, just a guess. Me. Okay, that's just scary. Wait, wait, wait. I have definitely seen this floating speck before. That means we passed it before, and that means we're going in circles, and that means we're not going straight. Hey. We gotta get hey. to the surface. Come on, we'll whoa, figure whoa, it out whoa. up there. Let's go. Hey, Follow me. Hey. What? Relax. Take a deep breath. Mm. Oh. <sighs> now. Let's ask somebody for directions. Oh, fine. Who do you want to ask? The speck? There's nobody here! Well, there has to be someone. It's the ocean, silly. We're not the only two in here. Let's see. Okay, no one there. Uh, nope. Not a... <gasps> There's somebody! Hey! Excuse me! Dory, Dory, Dory! Okay, now it's my turn. I'm thinking of something dark and mysterious. It's a fish we don't know. And if we ask it directions, it could ingest us and spit out our bones. What is it with men and asking for directions? Well, I don't want to play the gender card right now. You want to play a card? Let's play the Let's Not Die card. You want to get out of here, don't you? Of course I do. Well, then, how are we going to do that unless we give it a shot and hope for the best? But, huh? But, huh? You won't fully understand. Come on. Trust me on this. <sighs> All right. Excuse me! Woo! Little fella? Hello? Don't be rude. Say hi. Hello. His son Bingo Nemo. Nemo was taken to uh Sydney. Sydney. Yes, and it's really, really important that we get there as fast as we can. So can you help us out? Come on, little fella. Come on. Dory, I'm a little fella. I don't think that's a little fella. Oh, oh, oh big fella, big fe whale. Okay, maybe he only speaks whale. Maybe a different dialect. Dory. Dory, this is not whale. You're speaking like upset stomach. Maybe I should try humpback. No, don't try humpback. Alright. You actually sound sick. Maybe louder, huh? Don't do that. Too much orca. Didn't it sound a little orca-ish? It doesn't sound orca. It sounds like nothing I've ever heard. It's just as well. He might be hungry. Don't worry. Whales don't eat clownfish. They eat krill. Many of you guys have probably seen that movie before, and so uh, Finding Nemo, it's all about uh, Marlon, the dad, and uh, Dory on a journey to help find uh, Nemo. And so they're, they're on this journey, and they get detoured, they get lost, they get all kinds of stuff happening, and uh, I mean, even, you know, predicaments like sharks and whales and things like that that, uh, that put them in danger at some points, and so they fight through all this stuff, and they get to a point where they, they know what the prize is, they know what the pursuit is, they know where they're going, they know what the end goal is, but along the way, there's all kinds of things that they do. There's details, I mean, detours, and there's uh, just all kinds of trouble that can happen, and they get lost, and um, it's much like our lives in, in our Christian walk. You know, we know what the end goal is, we know what the prize is a lot of times, but sometimes we get detoured, sometimes we get lost, and we don't know where we're going. And God has graciously reminding us time and time again what that looks like, where we need to be, all that kind of stuff. And so tonight we're going to kind of get into 
all that kind of good stuff. And so I want to lay the foundation real quick. Like we kind of talked about last week, uh, laying the foundation. When you were created, God created you. God created the universe. Almighty God created you, who you are. But guess what? When you were created, you were created broken. You were created with a broken relationship from God. We all have this thing called sin. And, and back in Genesis 3, uh, we see the fall happens where Adam and Eve are in the garden. They're living life. It's the happiest it's ever been on planet Earth. And then the fall happens. Sin enters the world, and it messes it up for everybody else. And we are born into this world, a broken relationship with God. And so with that, we need a savior, right? We need somebody to come and step in the gap and mend that relationship with God. What's been broken, Christ comes in to mend that relationship, right? We look in Matthew 1, 21. It says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. So immediately a savior comes on the scene, ready and, and equipped to help save us from our sins help save that relationship that's what has been broken, right? The next step is, you know, we, we, when we come to faith, when we actually acknowledge Christ as Lord, when we come to salvation in Him, when we believe all this Jesus stuff that's been going on, and we come to realization that Christ is who He says He is, and He's come to fix what's broken, right? And we come to that realization, and the next thing He does is He commands us to live lives of holiness, right? It commends us to live lives of righteousness. In 1 Peter 1, 15, it says it like this. But as he who called you is holy, being Christ, you also be holy in all of your conduct, since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Christ comes along and, and, and he comes to be the Savior of the world, and he comes on the scene, he commands that we live lives of righteousness, Okay? And he says, be holy as I am holy. And we move and we try, we move into the next phase and we try to, we know that who God is, we know that Christ, who Christ is, and we try to fill our lives with all these different relationships, right? We look around us, we try to fill our lives with all these different things and meanings in life, and we try to fill this, you know, Christ-sized hole in our heart with all these different relationships in our lives, right? And we get to a point where we have to come the realization and come to the understanding we have to pursue Christ first to fill us up before any other relationships can really take place. Over and over and over we live this cycle life where we try to pursue all these other things when in reality we miss the mark and we need to be pursuing Christ. So that's kind of where we're at tonight. We're laying the foundation understanding who Christ is in our lives and so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for where you are now as a middle school student in your life? What does that mean? Well, the ultimate reality is this. God has a mission. Who can tell me what God's greatest mission is? Anybody? Okay. What else? Somebody else give me something. What's God's greatest mission? What's his greatest goal? To get everybody to follow him, okay. Yeah. 
okay? God's greatest mission, look at this. God's greatest mission, God exists for one reason, one reason alone. There's all these kind of sub-reasons, things that go along with it, but God's greatest mission is to glorify himself. You with me? God's greatest mission is to glorify himself. So if God's greatest mission is to glorify himself, what is that, what, what's our mission? To glorify him. God is a jealous God. He loves his glory, and his greatest mission is to glorify himself. And he created us, right? He created us with one purpose, and that was to glorify him. To glorify him. So God's greatest mission is to glorify him. We were created to echo the glory of our creator, and that is to glorify God, right? That is our mission. That is why we exist. If our mission is to glorify God, then what's step one? What's step one? I believe that step one is to get to know him. If we're to glorify this creator, God, if our mission and purpose is to glorify God, then step one should be we need to get to know this God who we're trying to glorify, right? We need to come into a relationship with the God of the universe, the one that created us, the one that wants us to worship him, and we need to come to the realization that we need him and we need to get to know him. And so if God's greatest mission for us is to glorify him, and we can do that by getting to know him, how do we get to know him? I gave you a sheet, and it says one thing, and I love this phrase, and it is to seek God. Our mission is to glorify God. He's created us with that purpose and intention in mind. And we need to get to know him in order to glorify him. And how do we get to know him? We need to seek him. I, I gave you those, that, that sheet, and we're going to look at it real, real quick. But did you know that, that seek is approximately used around 244 times in all of Scripture? The word seek. Seek is a verb. It's active. It's moving, Right? And it's used over and over and over throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, as God uses that word to help describe the action in which we are to take, and that is to seek him. You with me? You with me? Look at, look at your papers. The verses that, that God has kind of laid out, and I, I, I just listed a few. Okay, these are just, just a few of the verses that God has kind of put in place. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, seek the Lord. 1 Chronicles 28.9 says, seek him. 2 Chronicles 15.2 says, seek him. Ezra 8.22 says, seek him. Job 8.5 and 6 says, seek God. Psalm 9.10 says, seek you God. Psalm 14.2 says, seek God. Psalm 24.5 and 6 says, seek God. Psalm 27, 8 says, seek God. Psalm 105, 4 says, seek God. Over and over and over and over, it's saying, seek God. Seek him. Seek the Lord. He says, seek me. Do you get the theme? God wants you to get to know him. And he says, by doing that, you have to pursue me. We have to pursue a right relationship with him. That means you have to get up and go. We don't just stumble into intimacy with God. Well, I came home from school, and I walked in the door. Next thing I know, I'm walking intimately with my Lord. 
No, it doesn't work that way. God is, is moving. He's active. He's being. He's huge. He's ginormous. He's amazing. And we have been given the mission to get to know him. And by doing that, we have to actively pursue him. We have to actively seek him. God has given you a mission in mind, and that is to seek God with everything that you have. So what does that look like? I like this phrase by Jim Elliott, and he talks about, when he's, when he's talking about seeking God, he says, oh, the fullness, the pleasure, the sheer excitement is knowing God here on earth. The greatest pleasure, joy, sheer excitement is knowing God here on earth. Because apart from spending eternity with him and being in heaven with him, we're here on this earth, and the greatest pleasure that we're going to experience on this earth is getting to know the God who created you. You believe that? You with me tonight? The Bible talks about seek him. He's not just a God who wants, you know, just a meaningless relationship. God wants you to get to know him in an intimate, moving relationship. He wants you to actively pursue him. Actively pursuing, being intentional, spending time with, being able to go and, and, and find out and get to know this God of the universe who's created you. He wants you to seek him. If you have your Bible, turn open to Philippians 3, 8, and 11. We kind of laid the groundwork. We kind of even told you where we're at tonight. But God has a passage in mind kind of given off of this theme that we need to seek him. And this is what it is in Philippians 3, 8, and 11. Verse 7 talks about whatever, whatever I gain, I had counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And then verse 8, Paul says, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Did you get that? Paul says, I count everything else as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Listen to this word. It says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection of the dead. Paul says, I count it all as loss. We strive so hard for success. We have this kind of innate ability as humans to want to strive for success, strive to make you know, tons of money, strive to be the best at what we do. And that's great, and you can do those things and pursue those things. They're not necessarily evil things, but the right intention of mind, Paul says, and in, in, in he, he had a history of this. Like he, he, was a, he was like the it dude, the Pharisee, who knew all this kind of stuff. And, and back in his day, he was a teacher, and teachers were kind of the, like the successful people, man. They were like the it people. And he was, he was that guy, and so he came in and he said, I counted all as loss. Nothing. I don't need any of it. He said, I counted all as loss because 
It doesn't matter when it comes to knowing Christ as Lord. That is my main goal. My main like mission in mind is to get to know Christ in everything that I do and know him greater than anything else. I count everything else as loss. It says that I may know him. And in so knowing him, then I can share in his sufferings. I can know the power of the resurrection. Christ gives you power, man. He talks about in Acts where the Spirit, he comes on, he comes on the scene, he's just about to be uh, raptured, go up into heaven, and he says, I have placed the power of the Spirit upon you. And by that, God is in you. If you believe in Christ, he is in you. He resonates with you. He's in your life. And if he's in your life and you're trying to pursue and get to know him, it should be pretty easy. But we get detoured, right? And we get lost and we try to fill it up with all this other stuff instead of just focusing on getting to know him and having a right relationship with him and being on the straight path towards him. Philippians, man, is such a powerful passage. Paul says, I count everything in my life as lost. Everything is nothing to the worth of knowing Christ. We're supposed to seek him in order for us to know him. We're supposed to seek him in order for us to know him. If you seek him, you'll be found. So what does that look like? What does that look like? Practically, where you are right now, God's made it pretty simple. You know, you're involved in you know, school and sports and whatever else you know, that you're involved in through the day. And God's given you a mission in mind, and he said, listen, count it all as loss, and pursue me. Seek me. So practically, how we do that? Well, number one, it's pretty simple. If you were interested in a a, a guy or a girl, and, and you had a chance to um, read their diary. They had a diary of their life, and that was a great way for you to get to know them. I know that for myself, if my, if my wife had offered me her diary before we were, you know, while we were dating, and if I had a chance to get to know her by her writings and what she had to say, man, I would have been all about it. God has given us his story. He's given us his diary. And he said, this is how you can get to know me. Instead of leaving it on the bookshelf, or instead of leaving it in the closet, you can break it out, you can look in here, and you can find out all about me. Instead of just being comfortable with what you think you know by coming on Sundays and Wednesdays and like, oh yeah, I heard that verse before, or yeah. No, God has given you his direct manual line, and he said, this is how you can get to know me. This is how you can acknowledge me and seek me. God's word is, is living, it's active. And in order to pursue him, to be living and active, we have to read it. We have to know him, get to know him by, by what he says, who he is. And this is the greatest story of all. It's the story of God. Step two is we can, we can actually, you know, talk to him. <laughs> through, through prayer and, and, and through talking with him, we get to know him. And I don't just mean prayer by like, oh, hey, yeah, my you know, cousin has a bum leg or you know, I need 
to do well in this test. You know, God is not necessarily our, you know, needs-based source. We, when we come to him, we need to come to him with a prayerful attitude to give him praise for who he is. So talk to him and say, God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you created this world. And thank you that you have created me. And God, you are powerful. You are majestic. You are mighty. Man, give him the praise he's due. And that's how you can continue to get to know him, by talking with him, giving him praise for who he is. Another way you can do that is, is by pursuing other relationships with Christ as the center. You know, we talked about friendships, we talked about authority, we talked about guy-girl relationships, and how Christ needs to be, there was one theme kind of that just reigned over all of them, right? And that was the centralized thing that Christ needs to be the center of all of it. So when you, if you're a girl and you have a relationship with another girl as your friend, put Christ as the center of that relationship. And if you're a guy, if you have a friendship with another guy, put Christ as the center of that relationship. And if you, you have a relationship with parents and you have a relationship with coaches and you have a relationship with teachers and, and anybody else, put Christ as the center of those relationships. God wants to use those relationships as an avenue to get to know him. And if you can put Christ at the center of those things, if you can put Christ at the center of everything that you do, man, you're going to be able to get to know him by just how you live life. By his word, by prayer, by living life with Christ as the center, and he motivates. And I'll tell you, God has kind of laid it on my heart lately that we just keep living these lukewarm lives. Christ talks about in Scripture how you're neither hot or cold, and so since you're lukewarm, he's going to spit you out of his mouth. And so we come on Sundays and we come on Wednesdays, but yet throughout the week, we don't acknowledge him. We don't, you know, we don't try to actively get to know him. And Christ is saying, man, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And I don't, I don't want that for me. I don't want that for you. And Christ is saying, my ultimate mission is for me to glorify myself, and your ultimate mission is to glorify me, and you can get to know me, and in order to glorify me, you can get to know me by seeking me, by actively pursuing me, by really actually getting in my word, actually talking to me in prayer. God's saying, I have a mission in mind for you, and you can do these things, and you can, you can acknowledge him in every aspect of your life. And like Paul says, you can count everything else as nothing for the sake of knowing Christ as Lord. So as we're battling life's relationships, as we're battling Christ's relationship, as we're battling for that relationship, I pray, man, I pray that you guys would understand what it means to actively pursue Christ with everything in your life. And that's he's asking you, he's commanding you, he's asking you, he's telling you, that you need to seek me. One of my favorite passages is on there, on that sheet. It says Jeremiah 29, 13. We oftentimes get fixated on Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has plans for us, uh, plans to prosper us and not to harm us. But the passage doesn't stop there, and it keeps going. And it says that if you pray to me, I will listen. If you seek me, I will find you. God says, seek me. Seek me. Seek me.
God, I just thank you tonight that you have given us the overwhelming ability, Father, to, and the overwhelming resources, God, to be able to get to know you. God, you are unbelievable, Lord. You are powerful. God, you move. And God, we can worship you freely. God, you've given us a word to get to know you. You've given us an avenue by Christ coming and dying for us that we can now have right relationship with you. We can talk to you. God, you've done so much for us. God, thank you that you can challenge us. And Father, we can get to know you. We can seek you first before everything else. God, if there's people in this room, Father, that had that relationship with you, but Father, they've just been back and forth, and they've been taking detours, and they've been taking uh, breaks, and they've been finding danger, and they've been getting lost. God, please grab them and bring them back. If there's somebody here tonight that has a relationship with you, but Father, they're struggling, God, grab them and bring them back. And if that's you tonight, I pray that you make it right. Don't get out of your seat tonight without acknowledging Christ is needing to be first and foremost in everything in your life, and you need to actively pursue him. God, I've been messed up. I've been taking detours, and God, I need to make right a relationship with you, and I need to actively pursue you. Help me do that. And God, there's some of us in here tonight that may be here for the first time or Maybe been here for a long time, but God, that we don't have a right relationship with you, God. We've never mended that broken relationship, God, and we've never come to Christ. We've never accepted Jesus, Father, I pray that, God, that we would do that tonight. Don't leave this room tonight. If that's you, if you have not ever made that commitment to Christ, if you've been living a life, taking detours and, and, and getting lost and finding trouble, Don't leave this room tonight without crying out to God and saying, I need something different. I need to seek God before everything else in my life. I need that relationship like never before. And God, please help me gain that relationship tonight. And if that's you, I pray, man, find me. Find another adult leader. Don't leave this room without nailing that down and understanding that Christ has a right relationship for you. He's designed you. He's created you beautifully. He's given you... um, just absolute resource to be able to acknowledge him. Take the steps. Take the steps tonight. God, give us the power by your Holy Spirit to move on those decisions tonight. God, we love you. We thank you for giving us a time together where we can acknowledge you. And God, we love you. And we pray all these things in your awesome, incredible name. Amen. Hold on just one second. Hey, how's everybody doing? Good. You doing well? Is this on? There we go. Now we're cooking with gas, right? Y'all doing well? Hey, listen, aren't you thankful for, uh, for Brother Brian? Aren't you thankful for him and Miss Jen? Aren't you? Man, he does, an, he does an incredible job. Listen, I want to tell you something, okay? I want to tell you, I'm proud of you. Look at, hey, hey, what are you doing? Stop texting on your phone. Look at me. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, proud, of, I'm proud of you, all right? I'm proud of you. Every week. 
this group gets bigger, that's because we want it to get bigger. That's because you're inviting friends. It's because you're, you're making a priority. And listen, we're, we're thankful. We believe in middle school students, all right? We believe. I want you to take, the, take your hand like this, all right? I want you to look at, look at me. Everybody, stop putting your hand Come on. Come on, Gamble. Come on. There you go. All right. Raise your hand like this, all right? <clears throat> look me in my eyeballs. Everybody, look me in my eyeballs. Repeat after me. I, I believe. That my pastors and my church believe in me. I believe that middle school students can do great things for the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, put your hand down. Listen, we believe in you. We're thankful for you. We're grateful for you. I want you to think about one thing, all right? Listen to me. Put your eyeballs on mine. Eyeballs on me. One thing. One thing, over the course of the next couple of weeks, on the last Sunday of uh, 2000, or last Sunday of March, on the last Sunday of March, it's March 29th or 30th, whatever Easter is, Easter Sunday, 31st, whatever, Easter Sunday, we're launching Camp Cherokee kickoff Sunday, and it's going to be incredible. It's going to be incredible. We're going to have an, a, a whole part, listen, listen, listen. A whole part of the Go Cafe, all right, a whole part of the Go Cafe is going to be sectioned off just for Camp Cherokee. You're going to be able to come down, and you're going to be able to pick up information. You're going to be able to sign up. In three minutes or less, you're going to be able to sign up at a discounted rate for, for camp. You're going to be able to sign your friends up for camp and pay their money. You're going to be able to, um, listen, you're going to be able to buy shirts that say, I'm old school. Our, our theme for camp is an old school theme. So you're going to be able to buy old school uh, T-shirts, and we're going to have buttons and stickers and pins and all kinds of stuff getting kicked off for camp. Now listen to me. Listen, you got to start inviting people. Listen, you got to start inviting people right now to come to church. Say, you're coming to church with me for Easter, all right? On Easter Sunday, we're having a Saturday night service. We're having three services on Sunday. We're actually having five services on Sunday. And, uh, and so you need to do that, all right? All right. Everybody with me? Are you with me? Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Are you with me? Yeah. All right, be warm, be filled, be gone. See you.